Hello, Nexus Church family, and welcome to our message that I've titled simply Word. Now, I'm sure you've probably heard the old statement, sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words can never hurt me. I don't know about you, but that statement couldn't be further from the truth. Both the words we say and the words that have been said over us drastically impact us. Words have power, and in today's message, we're going to be investigating the power of words and how we can gain control over them and where it all originates, and then how we can, in turn, translate that into using our words to both change our lives personally and the lives of those around us. And so to begin, i just like to first investigate the first, at least as far as we are aware, of the first spoken words in all of existence. And, of course, to do that, we turn to Genesis chapter 1. And I just want to read one little section at a time. We're going to be skipping through it, so if you're following along, please forgive me as we read Genesis 1. It's going to be a little awkward, but there's a point to it, and we'll get to that in just a second. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 says, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Verse 6, Then God said, Let there be an expanse between the waters, separating the waters from water. God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above the expanse, and it was so. So he created the sky and the earth. Then God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Verse 11, Then God said, Let the earth produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and fruit trees on the earth, bearing fruit with seed and according to its kind. And it was so. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate this day from night. They will serve as signs for seasons and for days and years. They will be lights to the expanse of the sky to provide light on earth. And it was so. Verse 20. Then God said, let the water swarm with living creatures and let the birds fly above across the expanse of the sky. So God created the large sea creatures and every living creature that moves and swarms in the water according to its kind. He also created every winged creature according to its kind. And God saw it was good. Verse 24. God said, let the earth produce living creatures according to their kinds, living stock creatures that crawl in wildlife of the earth according to its kind. It was so. And God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. <laughs> Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. He created in the image of God. He created male and female. He blessed them. And in verse 30, it was so. And he said it was very good. God spoke. And created all of life that's in existence. He created earth. He created sky. He created lights. He created living beings. He created through speaking words. Psalm 33, verse 6 said, The heavens were made by the word of the Lord, and all the stars by, by, the, by the breath of his mouth. Hebrews 11.3 then follows this up by saying, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. 
When God speaks, things happen. There is power in his words. His words carry power. When whatever God says, it happens. He doesn't retrace his steps. His words bring action. But what's mind-blowing to me is God looked down on his creation and he saw humankind. And he looked down and he said, I'm going to give them power. Through the words they speak, I will give them power. Genesis chapter 2, verse 19. Listen to this. This, this is, might be ground shaking for some of you in the, the realm of Christianity. You've never heard this before. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. See, God created all life, all existence. But yet, God empowered Adam to speak identity into the creatures that he made. God gave power to us to speak identity, to speak words of life over ourselves and over others. We have power in the words we speak. When we speak, Things happen. Things are created. Identity is shaped. I don't know about you, but man, I'm telling you, when I was a kid, what people spoke over me became my identity. When I was told that I'm not good for nothing, that I don't do anything, that I don't try hard enough, that on and on, that became my identity. I lived into that. How many people in our world are living an identity of something that was spoke over them and they've never seen it? They don't realize it. They're just living out what people said of them. And it became their own narrative of what they spoke over themselves. And maybe that's where you're at. You're trying to dig out of that pit that was spoke over you. You see, this isn't just a one-time example. I want to read to you Luke 24, verse 40, where Jesus promised that he was sending an empowerer that would give us the ability to speak life over others, right? That's God's original intent. Of course, God spoke and he created all these living creatures. Then he gave Adam the ability to speak power over others. But then sin came in and wrecked it all. And now we use our words for both life and death. And, and it wrecked all of history, right? But then God said, I'm going to send my son Jesus. He's going to radically change everything. And when Jesus was here, he did. And he promised the Holy Spirit to continue on that existence of empowerment for us. We read that in Luke 24, verse 40. I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. He also said in Acts 1, 8, right before he went to be with the Father, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You will speak life. I have come to give you life and give you life in abundance. And now I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit to be that witness, to continue that life-giving 
word, salvation, life for all of eternity, a gift. Isn't that mind-blowing? Then on Acts 2, verses 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, that day that Jesus promised, they didn't know it was going to be the day of Pentecost, but it happened to be that. That was a Jewish holiday, right? And so they were gathered, praying, reading God's word, just encouraging one another as they waited for whatever God promised. They were together. And suddenly, a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. And they saw tongues. Isn't that funny? Like, it continues on, this, this, this thing of words. The tongue, your word, has power. And the Holy Spirit came as tongues are fired. Now, what that is, I don't know, but it's symbolism of, of what we speak. It's power. It's fire. It separated and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They were filled. They were speaking in ways they had never heard of before. And, of course, people were walking by and they're like, they're speaking in our language. They're just normal Galileans. They don't, what is going on here? It was the Spirit empowering them to speak life in ways that they didn't have any power to do on their own. And then we come to Acts chapter 3 and the, the first actual physical evidence outside of audible. There's a physical evidence of the speaking of words transforming lives. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple for a time of prayer at three in the afternoon. And a man who was lame from birth was carried there. He was placed each day at the temple gate called Beautiful so that he could beg from the entering of the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for money. Peter, along with John, looked straight at him and said, look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I have silver or gold, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And taking him by the right hand, he raised him up. And at once his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped and started to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God. And they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to him. By simply speaking, this man was radically changed. Words have power. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever had an injury of any kind, now this guy was born unable to walk. I just, I'm just currently recovering from a foot that was broken right, on my, right above my, my knuckle and my toe. And it's been seven weeks of healing of slow, walking in a boot. I'm finally able to not have that boot on anymore. I'm still not able to do things like softball or CrossFit or the things that I normally do in a week. It's taken that long. This man, who never had walked in his life, jumps up and he's praising God, running, leaping. I still can't leap. Practically two months later. The point is, words have Words have power today. Things don't change. God's original intent was that we would have power. We messed it up in the garden. 
God gave the Holy Spirit through the death and resurrection of Jesus so that we could continue to have power. Now, our words, of course, can destroy, and we see that in James, and he continues this this illusion of what our tongue is, right? The Holy Spirit was signified as power to fire. But James used it as well in two different ways, and I want to read to you his depiction of the power of the tongue. In James 3, verse 3, we read, Now, if we put bits into the mouth of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. And consider ships, though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, through the tongue, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things, right? Alluding to both the rudder of a ship and the bit in the horse. Something so small can change so much. And left on our own, though we can sometimes use it for good, by and large, humanity uses our words to destroy. They're bent on destruction. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how small, again, fire sets ablaze a large forest. The tongue is the fire. The tongue is a world of unrighteousness. It's placed among its members. It strains the whole body, sets course of life on fire, and itself is set on fire by hell. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind, but no one can tame the tongue. It, it, though we can at times, we're going to come back to what comes out of our mouth is hurtful, painful, bent on lifting us up and tearing others down, and even tears ourselves down in the process without even knowing. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With a tongue, we bless our Lord and Father. With it, we also curse those who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be that way. The tongue. Go as hard as we try and use it for good. So often it is used to tear others down and to even tear ourselves down. Proverbs 15, verses 1 and 3, put it this way. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. Gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crutches the spirit. In short, though we try hard, and we can use our words for good, often our words are used to destroy. They either destroy relationships and our relationship with God, or they can bring life. As Hawk Nelson put it in their song, Words, words can build us up, words can break us down, set a fire in our hearts, or put it out. We have a choice to make. We either use our words to destroy or to bring life. But today, I believe we want to use our words for good. As Paul said to the Ephesians in 4.29, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So how, how can we use our words to bring life? How, how do we do that? Paul put it pretty simply in Ephesians just 
within that, that section, verses 20 through 30, he says that we must work hard to do this. It comes from a transformed life, one that receives Jesus as both their Savior to save them from their sins and Lord, the one who calls the shots in their life. We must do that. But I know so many people who are dedicated to God, spend time with Him, love Him, are filled and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, but yet still struggle with this. For most people, this is not something that just immediately changes the moment they are saved. Some people are radically changed, and the words they speak just immediately are changed. But for many people, maybe you just like me, you're one of them. It's just a thing that we work diligently on or intentional about. And today I want to give you just one simple passage to dwell on and to apply to your life. And from that we get one word. One word. It's probably the most popular chapter in all of the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13. And it's a lot. And it's a lot. You see, I don't believe that we can speak life if we truly don't love it. If we haven't been impacted by the love of God and that it transformed us into loving ourselves and others. See, Paul says it so beautifully in 1 Corinthians 13. Like he, he says, you can do all these things. You can master everything in the world. But if you don't have love, it's powerless. It's your own power. That you're trying to do this. And love is something that transforms inside of you. And comes out from deep within you. It's birthed out of connection with yourself and with God. And then with others. And so through Matthew chapter 22 verses 37 through 40. We are going to unpack for the remainder of our short time together. How we love God. Love ourselves. Love God, love ourselves, and love others. And from that, I believe the transformation that Paul talks about in both Ephesians 4 and Romans 12, I believe that transformation can happen inside of us. But we have to encounter the love of God and that it transforms us. And then we have the ability to speak. And this is a lifetime thing. Our transformation, for most of us, will take our entire life. And if you don't struggle with your words and speaking life, I can guarantee you, you're, you're going to be working on a different area of your life, right? Where nobody's perfect in this world. We're all being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. So let's unpack how we, as normal, mortal human beings, can grow in our love so we can speak. The first thing Jesus says in that command to love God and love others as ourself is to love God. We must love God. Now, I'm not talking about a soft love, right? So often, you know, I, I hear men just like, Christianity is such a soft, powerless faith. It, it, it's like love and passion and ugh. Well, you have passion. 
I can guarantee you when you're turning on that football game or, or hunting that deer or whatever, like you have passion, you have love. It just looks differently. And for Jesus, let's think about this. His love wasn't a soft love, right? When, when he was carrying his cross, when people were whipping him, when they were insulting him, ridiculing, mocking him, he wasn't just being a soft, passive person. He was loving out of pain and agony. That kind of love is what saved you, is what unlocked for you a transforming life so that you can love and sacrifice likewise. So love isn't a passive thing. It's not a soft thing. So we must love God. We must allow his love, that sacrifice, that gave it all to transform us, to enter in. We can't step a foot forward in loving ourselves or loving others if we haven't allowed the love of God to transform us. If we haven't said, God, you're the only way that I can go forward. You're the only way that I can enter into eternal life, to know you and to be known by you, to have this relationship. I must give up my rights and allow you to enter in and to fill me and to be the Lord of my life. I give you the reins of my life. It starts there. It starts there. But again, you can have a transformed relationship with Jesus. And I know so many followers of Christ who are, are living this. And I myself, I've, I've been through this so many times in my life. And, and it's, it's a constant battle. You can live a transformed life. I, I'm very much saved with Jesus. He forgave me of my sins. And I've let him have control of my life. And it's a battle that it's a constant daily like Is, is this me going forward? Or am I letting God go forward before I go? It's a battle. But yet, I still am transformed by the image of Christ in me and through me. The problem that I struggle with and many people struggle with is I can be transformed by God, but yet live emotionally disconnected from Him. Emotionally disconnected. How many followers of Christ are, are in this boat and just sitting there like, man, I, I lost that first love, the emotions I felt when I first came to Jesus and he transformed me and that passion and that drive and that desire to live for him is gone. Friends, that's not what God has for you. To love him means you have emotions. You have emotions. Sometimes they won't be great emotions, but God is calling you to love. And part of love is you, you have to struggle and have an issue with not loving. That's the reality of it. Like, in order to have something, there must be something that you are not, right? To have love, there must be hatred. To have light, there must be darkness. You can't have one without the other, right? And so you will have, in this world, struggles and a battle between good and evil, between positive and negative. You have to wrestle with that. Don't become disconnected emotionally from God. You will not live a life of connection with God, yourself, or others if you are emotionally disconnected. Reconnect with your emotions. Start feeling again. Tap in 
to that place with Jesus. It can only take time. It doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes, yeah, miracles happen. God works mysterious ways. But by and large, it takes effort. It takes consistency. It takes intentionality. Perseverance. Don't give up on God. Don't allow that disconnection to happen in your soul. Love is an emotion. It's not a soft emotion. It's a bad emotion. Love is not Pick up those idols. It begins there, friends. It it begins inside, between you and God. Get wet. Get passionate with Jesus. Number two. After you allow that reconnection with God and yourself, that we must love ourselves. To speak, to climb, you have to love This is a tough one. And so many people blow past this, right? We have love God, love others, love God, love others, love God, love others, and you'll be a good Jesus follower. But before we can love others, we must love ourselves. Jesus didn't just skim past that. He emphasized it. You must love others as yourself. You cannot love others if you don't love yourself. I know so many people, again, who struggle with this for whatever reason that love for themselves has been lost whether it's because they feel like they're a failure because of the things that they've done or things that people have said over them and they just believe those lies there's reasons galore for why people don't love themselves now i'm not saying that we brag or or propel ourselves above others and And that's not healthy either. But just simply to see ourselves as God sees us. Broken people who he loves. We've got to get a healthy love for ourselves. Stop believing the lies of this world, whether they're trying to to say, oh, you're great, you're loving, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Stop believing those things that innately you are a great human being and and all the the garbage that's out there about that. No, we're fallen people. We make mistakes. Right? That's all good. I do bad things that are not good at all to my family, to myself, to others. Like, that's reality. We do darn ugly things. But God loves us because he created us in the image of himself. He loves us despite ourselves, right? And so much so that he sent his son. He sent his son so that we could be brought back, reconciled, made right with him through Jesus Christ. He sent his son. He separated himself from his son. Disconnected himself from his son. He couldn't be in the presence of his son for a moment so that we could be brought back as he promised. God loves you that way. God continues to reach out to you to love your enemies. 
He loves everybody. Created that in himself. It's just a beautiful thing. So the question I have for you today is do you love yourself? Do you love yourself? I'm not saying you have to like yourself or what you do or what you say. I there are things about myself I don't like. <laughs> things I do to others, the things I think, the things, I don't like it. Do I love myself? That's something I'm really honestly working on. Because here's the reality. It's hard to speak life when you don't see yourself as God sees you. It starts with control. When you reject what God loves and say, I'm not lovable. You're rejecting God. You're right at the at the at the foundation of what you are, who you are, what you say, what you believe. If at the core of who you are, you unravel everything. And if you've been struggling with the words that you're speaking, underneath it all, unpacked all the way down to the absolute core of who you are, burning inside of at the foundation of your being is the reality that you've rejected God at that core level and said, I'm not I'm not worthy of what God loves. You're, you're not worthy, no. But because of Jesus, you are. Because you are created in the image of God, whether you, whether you are a good person or a bad person, at the core of who you are, God loves you. You are worthy. Now that's mind-blowing because that goes against everything you've ever believed. But underneath it all, you, you, you put it all away. At the core of who you are, because of Jesus, you are worthy of God, of God's acceptance, of God's grace, mercy, blessings, favor. And until you get that, until you believe that, until that's inside of you, you're like, I don't deserve this one single bit. But you can turn back. If you receive that love, will you believe it? You say, I, I love myself because of Jesus. I'm made for him. I'm made I'm not who I once was and who I still am in some regards, right? Like, just because we've received God's love and we've become made clean in his image and, and made, made in the likeness of God through Jesus Christ and we're right with him, at least in the heavenly realm, right? We still live in the presence, flesh, struggles, failures, ugliness. We still live there. But inside, between us and God spiritually, we made whole. Between us and God in our mind, we could be made clean and made right and made alive. Receive that today. Get passionate with God. Love Him. Open up those emotions again and love Him 
receive that love for yourself, accept it, live it, and dwell in it. Make that the foundation of who you are, and then love others. To speak life, eventually we need to see others the way God sees them. Right? Much like ourselves, we can intentionally, er, in, inside of us, intellectually, we can believe that, yeah, God loves us because of Jesus. And it just becomes an intellectual thing, right? Like, I love God intellectually. I, I, I love myself intellectually because God does and we're supposed to, right? And I can love others because we're supposed to. But in, internally, it doesn't get there. We don't live it inside. We disconnect. Friends, I'm, I'm encouraging you today to truly love others. You don't have to love everybody. God's not calling you to love everybody. And get off Facebook because that'll just continue to, to mess you up, right? Or whatever your social media networking thing is. Just get simple. Jesus didn't love every single person in the whole world when he was here, relationally. Like, he took on those that were in his presence. He didn't have a phone to keep in contact with everybody he had relationship with, right? Like whoever was there, he loved them where they were. We need to get back to that. Loving others is those you come across in your life, day to day. One at a time. See them as God sees them. Just like we need to see ourselves as God sees us. We're imperfect. They're imperfect. We make mistakes. We fail. We do some evil things. So do we. So does everybody else. We need to give them grace and say, we're humans. But deep inside, I see what God sees. And what does God see? He sees a person, an individual. And every single person in this world, he sees them all as individuals who they need the love. They need the love of God. They need the spoken word of God over them to transform their life. Just like the, the man who was born lame, couldn't walk from the day he was born. He needed somebody to see him as God sees him, a broken man. He needed more than just to walk. He needed to be transformed inside. And through the spoken word of Peter and John that says, stand up. That was just the outside thing that was going on inside what he do he jumped up and he went with him to the temple he was made right with god in that instant because of the transforming work of the spoken word we need to see people as god sees them see them as god sees them and then speak the truth of god over them scripture truths of god God loves you. He sees you. He wants a relationship with you. And the only way you can truly experience the transforming power of God is by receiving the forgiveness of your sins and making Jesus your Lord and God. Today, I want to give you three thoughts that you can immediately put into practice today as we close. Number one, it begins inside of you. Do you truly connect with the love of God? Do you love him with a passion? Have you given your heart to him and said, I want to emotionally open up to you? And then will you receive that love for yourself? 
Do you love yourself as God loves you? And then in turn, when you get that, do you love others? Do you love others the way God loves them? See them. Speak life into them. Speak the truth of God over people. He wants fullness. It begins inside. Our connection with God. So that's number one. Let the love of God truly be transforming in your life and emotionally connect with him, yourself, and others. Secondly, take inventory of what comes out of your mouth as we began with. The words you speak have power. And once you get that transforming power of God inside of you, you need to enact it in the words you speak because the words you speak have power and they become who you are. What you say is what you believe. It's who you are. It's how you live. And what's coming out, you need to take inventory of that and then reflect. Is it what God would have you say? Is it the truth of God? So begin by getting that love of God in you, letting it transform you, believing it, receiving it, enacting it out. Listen to the words you're saying. Are they reflecting the love of God for others? That is how. You begin to speak life. For some people, that might be all it takes, and you are radically changed. But for the rest of us, this is a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly thing that we must continue to fight for, to be intentional about. Fighting to connect with God, fighting to see what other, the way God sees others, and then speaking it. Father, I pray. For every person listening today, God, our words carry so much power. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that your love would transform each person listening. That they would truly connect with you and see themselves as you see us. And then in turn, see others the way you see them as well. Father, give us that vision. Give us the, 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 the belief. We are sons and daughters of Jesus. We are priests and priestesses. How we reflect the inventory. Put that into our hearts and may we speak those words into the lives of those around us. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nexus Church family. I'm so excited to catch up with you again next time. Look at the power of God. If you have any questions or if you'd like to connect with us, go to nexuschurchnn.com and you'll find all the ways you can connect with us there. See you again next time.